When you enrich the lives of your employees through purpose-powered leadership, they'll grow your business for you. Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, where you'll discover how to champion a culture of courage and love. Stop dealing with symptoms and get to the root of the problems in your business. This is the Higher Purpose Podcast with your host, Kevin Monroe. It's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast. You're the reason why I do this podcast. I appreciate you listening, and I value the the time we share in the relationship we have. If this happens to be your first time listening, I'm delighted to have you join us. We do this weekly, exploring a variety of topics aimed at serving you on your journey as you navigate north to your true north in business, leadership, and life. We've just launched a new series of conversations exploring a variety of tools, resources, and supports all geared at helping you flourish as a purpose-powered business, business leader, or business owner. This conversation is is grounded in purpose. Well, all of them are, but this one in a unique and intentional kind of way that you'll hear more about in just a few minutes. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a couple of months now since I first met Alexander at Hope Global Forum back in March of this year. I'm pretty confident you'll enjoy it too. Today, we're talking with Alexander McCobin. He's the CEO of Conscious Capitalism. If you're not familiar with Conscious Capitalism, hold on, we'll get you there. If you are familiar, I'm hoping you gain new insights, fresh inspiration about the movement, its mission, and why its work matters. Alexander leads Conscious Capitalism. It's a global movement to elevate humanity by improving the practice and perception of business. Before joining Conscious Capitalism, Alexander worked in the nonprofit, for-profit, and academic worlds. Here we go. Welcome, Alexander. We're delighted to have you join the Higher Purpose podcast and contribute to our ongoing dialogue about purpose in business, leadership, and life. As we get started, tell us something about you that's not always in the official bio. Well, first off, Kevin, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so honored and privileged to be talking with you and your audience. Um, What may not typically come up in my bio is the fact that I've been scuba diving since I was 12 years old, took a little bit of a hiatus there for uh, about a decade or so, but have recently gotten back into it with my wife. And it's just one of the most fun things I enjoy doing whenever we travel. Awesome. Wow. Um, Man, getting started at 12 is pretty early in the scuba track, huh? Uh, That was the one thing my dad loved to do. That was his vacation. And so it was an amazing way for us to bond early on. Awesome. Hey, well, we're delighted to have you with us here, and I, I do want to dive in, but let's, let's start a little slow. I noticed learning about you that we have several things in common. Here's one I discovered while prepping for this conversation, that, that you wanted to be a college professor. I wanted that too, but you were far more serious about it, and you were well on your way working towards your PhD. What led to the discovery that the ivory tower wasn't where you wanted to spend your life? So I wanted to do a lot of things over the course of my life. When I was younger, I thought I was going to be a scientist, and then I thought I would become an attorney. And once I realized what actually meant, what it meant to be an attorney, I decided I don't want to do that, but I love ideas. I always loved philosophy, justice, morality, and decided that the way for me to keep working on that would be to go into academia, of course, read, write about this, teach it. And 
I, I still have so much appreciation for the academy and for the, the pursuit of academia in and of itself. I still love philosophy. But I began to realize what it really meant to be a philosophy professor as I was going through that program. And that led me to a deep reflection about what I really wanted to accomplish, where I really saw the most value that I could create in the world. And a realization that perhaps it wasn't in becoming a professor and just reading, writing, and teaching this, or I shouldn't say just, but to devote myself exclusively to that, but that I had a deep passion, interest, and I, I think skill set also in taking these abstract principles and trying to turn them into real things via organizing, institution building, working with other people. And so I decided that I should stop up the PhD and begin to focus on at least one organization I had started when I was younger that I wanted to build up and dedicate myself to that. And it's been an incredible experience ever since then um, with, like I said, me still having a deep appreciation for academia. Awesome. Well, the work you do is very much still involved with the, the pursuit and the sharing and the putting into practice of big ideals. That's exactly right. And conscious capitalism, even as a concept, really is the combination of idealism and pragmatism, as we were talking about before. It's taking these concepts of ethics and morality that really were the underpinnings of capitalism and business from its inception. Adam Smith, the considered the father of modern capitalism, before he was an economist and wrote The Wealth of Nations, he wrote another book called The Theory of Moral Sentiments. He was a moral philosopher who articulated how we humans do and ought to interact with one another from an ethical perspective and actually use a lot of those ideas to inform his economics, to develop the theory of capitalism that came afterwards. And conscious capitalism, to a large extent, is actually about bringing us back to those ideas, reinfusing them in the way that business is practiced today, and really trying to get more business people to think philosophically and turn those values, the higher purpose of their business that may one may typically exist only in the abstract, turn those into practical things, instantiate those values in the real world through their work in business. Okay, so this is going to be a fun, deep, rich conversation. We're talking about conscious capitalism. Some people are, are maybe scratching their heads saying, well, okay, first off, that sounds like an oxymoron or, well, you know, maybe I heard of the book, but you're the CEO of conscious capitalism. What's your favorite way of introducing conscious capitalism and the work you do and the, or, the work of the organization? So... Too many people, I think, hear the term conscious capitalism and think, think oxymoron, as you just said. What we're really trying to do is get to a place where everyone sees conscious capitalism as redundant. Oh, that yeah. We're saying the same thing with those two words, because conscious capitalism is a way of thinking about and practicing business and capitalism that emphasizes the human nature of these endeavors. It's, the, it's a recognition of the fact that business is is nothing but people working with one another. Capitalism is people working with one another. And that we need businesses and capitalism to lean into that fundamental truth of the, this conception in order to fulfill its potential. Because capitalism has done so much good for humanity in the past two centuries since it was conceptualized. Over that time period, we've seen the average human life more than double 
Yeah. We have seen average GDP go up over a thousand percent. Literacy rates have gone from fourteen percent to eighty-four percent. And we, at the time when Adam Smith was writing, most people thought the world could only provide for a few hundred million people. We now have over seven billion people in the world that have better qualities of life on average than we than we did two centuries ago. And poverty is being eradicated. So many more people. So many more people live on more than a dollar a day than ever before, and we're seeing the potential for poverty poverty to be eliminated in this century, thanks to business and capitalism. But that doesn't mean that this has been perfect. It doesn't mean that there have been no bad actors. There certainly have been, and there's still so much more potential for capitalism and business to do so much more good. And when businesses are run on conscious principles, which we advocate for and help businesses operate on, a higher purpose than just maximizing profit, stakeholder orientation, conscious leadership, and conscious culture, we are able to tap into that potential and can only imagine just how much more capitalism and business are going to be able to do for humanity over the next 200 years. Mm. Well, well, thanks for that that quick overview and, and kind of a, you know, a, a real small thumbnail sketch of the benefits of capitalism to the world. Uh, and I want to echo what you said. All business is people business. You know, there was a point in time. I remember when I first heard and everybody was categorizing B2B, B2C, and, you know, are you business to business, business to consumer? And I was just at lunch with a friend and we were talking about, you know, in today's world, it's all H to H. It's all human to human, people to people, whatever it is. And my dad taught me this, Alexander. Every business is a people business. And and you Mm -hmm. can't forget the people. So you just mentioned kind of the four pillars of conscious capitalism. I want us to to go through the credo and you unpack those four. And I want to read this line of the credo or this little segment of the conscious capitalism credo, because it's just good. We believe that business is good because it creates value. It's ethical because it's based on voluntary exchange. It is noble because it can elevate our existence. And it is heroic because it lifts people out of poverty and creates prosperity. Free enterprise capitalism is the most powerful system for social cooperation and human progress ever conceived. So you, you, I mean, you just shared that a moment ago beautifully, but that comes from your credo. So you've got Mm -hmm. four principles. Uh, Well, let me ask you, what what part of that credo excites you most when when you, you know, as you signed on as the CEO, what, what part of that energizes you on a regular basis? Honestly, all of the credo does. And there's so much more to it as well. It's actually a pretty long credo in some sense. But you've taken out what I think is one of the key parts of it. And within there, I would actually say that this idea of business and business people as heroic Mm -hmm. is truly inspirational to me. Because too often... We think of business people as villains, as, as individuals who are out there trying to take advantage of others. You know, the stereotype of business is either a, a Dilbert-esque boss manager who is just sucking the soul from employees or Gordon Gecko trying to just steal from everyone else and damaging society. And that's not what business is or should be about at its core. Business is about seeing opportunities, seeing ways to create value and make other people's lives better off than they are right now and pushing humanity forward in inspiring ways. I 
I am inspired by the idea of us getting business people to not feel ashamed for being in business, but to take pride in doing so and to and for us to look to business people as our heroes for creating so much value in the world. If we can get to that point, not only will that mean conscious capitalism has been successful, but I think we're going to be at a point where humanity is just prospering so much more than we can dream of right now. Mm. Okay, so you're you're dancing around a word that I love, love to, to talk about. And we're talking about human flourishing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be a beautiful world where everyone is flourishing? Absolutely. And, and flourishing means a, a depth to meaning in life. And again, this combination of philosophical values and real world practicality. It's, it means people living longer, having greater GDP, average GDP, you know, greater quality of life there, but also being able to think more deeply and choose how they're going to interact with other people in a, in a deeper way than we've been able to do before. It's rethinking just what it means for humans to interact with each other in the way that we organize, which is, again, what conscious capitalism is about, rethinking the way that we even structure businesses in the first place. <laughs> You see me smiling. Folks, we're, we've, we've connected on Zoom. You're only hearing the audio of this, but we're, there's some um, fun going on here. And I realized <laughs> that Alexander was on the track of PhD in philosophy. And all, I, all of a sudden I was thinking, well, we could go off on Aristotle a while and talk about uh, eudaimonia, you know, the good life. Uh, mm-hmm. That's absolutely that's right. Not new. <laughs> Uh, so the four principles the, the, of conscious capitalism, uh, you know, I love the starting point. I mean, we call this the higher purpose podcast. And the first principle of conscious capitalism is higher purpose. That's right. So unpack that for us from the conscious capitalism standpoint for a moment. So most people are taught and the social narrative about business is that Business's purpose is to maximize profit and, and more specifically to maximize net income. Mm-hmm. This is what business schools teach people who are aspiring business leaders. It's what the media t- describes business's purpose as. It's what people just chat about when they're discussing business. And people use that whether as the way as the purpose of business, whether they're saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. Remember, Gordon Gecko was saying greed is good. Pro- maximizing profit is all that matters in, in Wall Street. But at the same time, you've got people criticizing business um, because it only focuses on that profit. And conscious capitalism actually says both sides get it wrong because that's not the purpose of business. Business has a higher purpose of creating value in the world that profit doesn't always line up with. It's not that profit itself is bad. Profit is good. It's necessary for businesses to succeed. And it's, it's, a, it's a great indicator of value creation, but it's not always. It doesn't actually mean value creation. It can be manipulated. So long as we recognize that profit is a means of creating some higher end in the world rather than being the higher end, mm-hmm. we have the right conceptualization of, what, of why profit matters and how it fits into a business. And it's just changing up that way of thinking about it that we're that we're trying to impact first in the world. Hmm. Okay, so uh, before we and we're kind of going through these kind of quick because you know we're limited on time here. But before we leave this point about higher purpose, what have you observed about businesses and their quest to discover purpose? 
we're actually in the process of writing a detailed article on this right now, Conscious Capitalism, to help businesses understand their own higher purpose. And one of the things that's really coming out to me with this is, at the same time, there are certain kinds of purposes that all businesses seem to have. And that's even in the credo that you saw before. It's, it's about doing some kind of good. It's about creating something beautiful or being ethical or something like that. But at the same time, each purpose is going to be unique to each business because it's a certain challenge they're trying to solve for. It's a certain group of individuals and it's going to evolve as the business brings in new people, understands new challenge, its, its skill sets better and identifies new challenges in the world. So it's, it's balancing that sense of having a higher purpose of some kind that fits into one of these value creating structures but then embracing the diversity of purposes that businesses can have at the same time and the evolution of that purpose of a business and business leaders in the organization over time. So who's a leader or what is a company that inspires you for their commitment to purpose? This may not be too surprising, but for those who aren't familiar with Conscious Capitalism, one of our founders and the author of the book, Conscious Capitalism, is John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods. And I think their purpose is a great example of how this is instantiated. It is to provide healthy living options for the world. It's to create a healthier world. Mm-hmm. And that drives not all, that drives their decision-making. It drives their culture. And that is more than just providing food for people. It, it's, it's an entire lifestyle that comes with it, including healthy food options. And I think that's just tremendous. Right. And that's not limited to their customers. It's the whole value chain. It's the which moves us into the second principle, shareholder orientation, stakeholder orientation, stakeholder. I'm sorry, stakeholder. Yes. yes. Stakeholder (laughs) orientation um, contrasted to shareholder. (laughs) So let's do the contrast. What's different between a stakeholder and a shareholder? And then let's talk about the ecosystem that, that you all see in business. So. Stakeholder orientation is about recognizing that not only do businesses have many different groups and individuals that they impact, not just shareholders, and that they should care about all of those groups, not just shareholders. Typically, businesses are taught they their reason for existence and the only group they should care about are the shareholders. Mm-hmm. They're also taught that every other group is a means to serving the ends of the shareholders, of providing shareholders with a return. Conscious capitalism is about moving away from that mentality and getting us to see each stakeholder group as an end in itself. And instead of any of them being a means to support the others, finding ways that we create win-win-win solutions whereby every stakeholder group benefits from what a company does. It's actually getting back to what I think is at the root of business itself, that we don't have a finite pie of value that a business creates to divvy up between everyone. Have a zero-sum game here where the only way for one group to win or one person to win is to take from someone else. Business is about creating more value, finding those creative solutions whereby everyone benefits at the same time. Hmm. And stakeholder orientation is about businesses leaning into that and creating an ecosystem, as you call it, and making decisions in a way that everyone wins from instead of thinking that it's always about trade-offs and you have to take from one to give to another. Hmm. Okay. The third principle, and this is how I first uh, discovered conscious capitalism was through my involvement with servant leadership. So conscious leadership is what you all call it. Unpack that for us. You know, 
we need strong leaders for businesses to succeed. And historically, that, that has meant one type of intelligence, analytic intelligence, IQ. And that is a, that is a minimum requirement to succeed in business. Lately, a lot of people started talking about emotional intelligence as well, which is a great step forward. And that's needed as well. What not enough people have talked about, though, are two other types of intelligences that leaders really need to bear in order to succeed in business, especially going forward, and especially to live out conscious leadership, which is systemic intelligence. How do you apply emotional intelligence, not just to one-on-one -on -one interactions or even interactions with five or 50 people, but 500 or 5,000 people? And even a step above that, how do leaders embrace spiritual intelligence, yeah. which is not a religious concept, but rather one of a sense of being where they embody the values and purpose of the business itself, where they are a model for everyone else in the organization. And it's their presence that provides leadership as well for the company. Wow. Okay. And, and then that leads into the fourth one, which is conscious culture. So it's not just top down, it's bottom up as well. You need both for a thriving conscious business and conscious culture gets us away from just thinking about the strategic plan, the revenue model of the company, to really thinking about the day-to-day -day interactions people have when they're not being managed, when they're not referencing that strategic plan. What are the implicit values and assumptions for how people work with one another? And how do you create a culture where in those daily interactions, just the way people work together, you're bringing out their whole selves, that you're empowering individuals and that they are able to really empower themselves and thrive in that environment as well. Hmm. All right. So we're having an energizing conversation with Alexander McCobin. Uh, thanks for being with us, talking about higher purpose in business. We've got something exciting to share with you, and then I'm going to come right back and I'm going to ask Alexander about the intersection of pragmatism and idealism. As we were talking before, that's someplace I've lived a lot of my life. Do you ever think that your work could be a little less ordinary? There's not much in between you and something extraordinary. Just 13 weeks and a bold experiment. Find out more at kevindmonroe.com slash extraordinary to get ready to take your team, your leadership, or your customers to the next level. That's kevindmonroe.com slash extraordinary. So welcome back. As I promised, we're talking to Alexander McCobin. And Alexander, uh, I really have experienced this a lot, th this intersection of idealism and pragmatism. So less than a month ago, you all held your annual conference, and there was this emphasis about the balance of purpose and profit and the sweet spot where pragmatism meets idealism. Talk to us about that. And, and, uh, and then I want to get some of the highlights from the conference. So it's about getting away from an either or mentality about this, that you can either have these values and be idealistic or you can be pragmatic and get things done. How do we actually turn these ideals into reality? It's the fundamental question that businesses really grapple with on a day-to-day -day basis if they're creating value for people because you're talking about taking abstractions, values, and mm -hmm. turning it into reality. Mm -hmm. And conscious capitalism is a way for businesses to think about that and lean into that opportunity to get past that either-or thinker. So what did you notice at the conference? I mean, did people come in... 
do people come in understanding or, or being caught in the tension or are they leaning more one way or the other or, you know, what happened there? It's diverse, to be honest. We have people who are learning about conscious capitalism for the first time. And we have people who have been a part of the, the community for a decade. Mm-hmm. And we, they're all different points on that spectrum. Some of them are coming in more idealistic, thinking it's really difficult to implement these. Some are more pragmatic, don't see where the values come in. Or some people get it and either are great models for how to do this already, or maybe they're not. They want to learn. And even though they have the intention of doing this, they ask, they ask us after at the event, this sounds great. How do I actually go about implementing this? How do I make changes in my business that leans into these principles and turns these ideals into practical tools? So what were some of the things that were shared that you heard people kind of talking about after the sessions? You know, the real conversations that go on in the halls when people go, oh my gosh, you know, I, I can't wait to get back and put this to work. What, what was something you heard around that? bridging the gap and and bringing the two together, living in the yes and rather than the either or? So, I I mean, we cover a lot of ground in the conference. And so there were so many conversations going on, ranging from how do you introduce this to recruiting and onboarding to just culture in general, or thinking about how to articulate for the first time the higher purpose of their business afterwards. What It's really interesting to me that was a big topic that I think Conscious Capitalism Inc. needs to lean more into, though, is the role that capital plays into this. Mm -hmm. How do we get the financing of businesses to be aligned with these principles as well in order to provide the structure and support for this kind of change to take place in the business world? There's a lot of enthusiasm around that right now in the community and on our side from staff as well to open that conversation to provide space for that to try and figure out the way forward there. Hmm. Now, is that what's lingering most in your mind personally from the conference or is there something else? That is, to be honest. I think that's the big issue that, that's the big hairy issue that we need to go after next as an organization. And did you all leave with with any kind of next steps or are the next steps still being discussed and explored? Well, we're going to organize a gathering for people who are either in this space or are interested in it to come together, talk about the challenges and start to brainstorm solutions to it that we're going to be announcing on our website in the not too distant future. Awesome. So, Alexander, what what's happening in the conscious capitalism movement? And let's be clear, this is a global movement, correct? We, we didn't talk That's about right. anything. It's kind of assumed, but I don't want anybody to be scratching their head. This is a global movement. That's absolutely right. We've got people advocating conscious capitalism in dozens of countries around the world right now. We're going to hold our first European conference in Barcelona, Spain, on July 9th coming up, actually. All right. So that will just be a, a couple of weeks after this is aired. So Perfect. So everyone who's listening who wants to go to Barcelona, we would love to have you there. Okay. We have European listeners, so and you don't have to be in Europe. You can get a plane. Uh, That's right. Fly to Barcelona from anywhere. But, but what's happening globally that gives you hope and, and excites you about the future of business? The conversation is changing right now. Ten years ago, when Conscious Capitalism's founders first started getting together, th- this idea wasn't taken very seriously in mainstream bus- business circles. It was seen as too woo-woo, perhaps. <laughs> but now it is becoming standard, the idea of a higher purpose, of stakeholder orientation, and just consciousness in general is really becoming the norm. There are a lot of questions around how to implement it, but the intention is there. 
You even see this, you, you know this is the case when the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, the largest investor in the world, writes a letter to CEOs saying they need to be run on a higher purpose and stakeholder orientation. That is the only way for them to not only succeed, but survive going forward. When you see someone like that making such a public declaration and such a strong declaration like that, you know something's changing. And that's just so exciting to me. Yeah. So uh, who's inspired you on your journey to purpose in life and business? There have been a lot of individuals. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll perhaps part, I can parse it a few different ways. And so let's start with my father. He taught me more than anyone else in the world. And I will all, I, I get email reminders of his most important lessons every day for myself. Hmm. Um, when it comes to conscious capitalism, it's, it's not only the, it's a combination of individuals. I mean, it's academics like Raj Sisodia, co-author of the book, and Ed Freeman, the father of stakeholder theory, who is a philosophy professor, I think are incredibly inspirational, especially with my academic background. And I mean, business leaders that have been involved, like John Mackey, Doug Rao, Kip Tindall, Melissa Reif, Michael Bush, it, these are just some incredible people who are showing that you can create value, but that, by, that you, by creating value, you're not just doing it for profit. You can do it by actually making a difference in the world at the same time and do well by doing good and live out these principles. Um, there's so many out there. And one of the things that I really want conscious capitalism to do going forward is highlight that it shouldn't just be these big names. Mm. There are inspirational people who are running middle, mid-sized or even small businesses and really are heroes of conscious capitalism themselves in addition to the heroes that we recognize on our website because they're making a difference in their communities and the lives of all of their stakeholders. Yeah. So conscious capitalism, do, is this something that you see resonating with all generations and all countries as you travel? Absolutely. The, these ideas don't know any boundaries. It's about treating people the right way and creating value to promote human flourishing, as you said. And I think younger generations intuit this approach to business perhaps more quickly than others, whether it's because they, they don't have any... Uh, they don't have to undo certain education in this area or because it's just part of the change in social narrative and the way they think about business. Millennials and Gen Z, I think, get this and just think of business as being run this way or should be run this way from the get-go. But that doesn't mean that other generations, X, baby boomers or others, can't get this or don't get this as well. I think a lot of them are starting to get this. I mean, conscious capitalism was articulated by older generations, not millennials and Gen Z to begin with. Right. And we're actually bridging those generations together. We're, we are helping share the experience and expertise of seasoned business leaders who have been doing this for decades with the next generation of business leaders who are creating the future Whole Foods, container stores, and other businesses that we're going to be talking about on a daily basis in the next 10, 20 years. Hmm. So, Alexander, for someone that, that's in business and they're just awakening to the idea of conscious capitalism or higher purpose or, or stakeholder involvement and, and, you know, this, this ecosystem, what would you say to encourage them? You're doing the right thing. And there are people who will 
support you and want to support you going down this journey. One of the most challenging things about this historically has been a sense of loneliness or a sense that you're doing something no one else is. And so questioning whether it's the right thing to do. But there is such a large community of conscious capitalists now who have been through this themselves, who have been through that experience and want to support you on it, that you don't have to feel alone. You don't, you shouldn't question whether you're doing the right thing. You should meet the other conscious capitalists out there, learn from them, share the trials and tribulations you're facing and your successes and victories mm. on this journey with the rest of the community, because we're here to support you. I think that's such an important part. And so many people I know, just business owners, business leaders, CEOs, they're busy people. And there's a lot of loneliness in that. And so there's this isolation, there's this loneliness just that comes with the territory. But conscious capitalism is one of these places where you go and you find both like-minded and like-hearted people who are on that same journey with you. So let's talk about that. Where do people go to connect and how can they learn about upcoming events? How can they explore what their opportunities are to engage in their local community? Best thing to do is go to our website, ConsciousCapitalism.org. There you'll be able to not only not only sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch, but see where, what local communities exist of conscious capitalists in your area or help start one going forward. Be able to find out about upcoming events like our annual conference or CEO summit or our European conference. Or if you're ready to really step into this, learning opportunities to visit other companies that are practicing conscious capitals and see what they're doing or participate in masterminds and workshops around us. We as an organization are here to build this community and provide those opportunities and then share the stories of conscious capitalists and conscious businesses with the rest of the world. So I hope that people will go check out our website and let us know how we can best support you in going down this journey. All right. So Alexander, is there something that you'd like to share or say before we conclude that makes this conversation whole for you today? I think it builds upon what we've just been talking about, that this is not just a way of thinking about business. Going forward, this is going to become the way of thinking about business. Conscious capitalism is, is, the, way, is the way forward to evolve capitalism, to evolve business. And it's an opportunity for us to no longer differentiate people's lives, to think that you have doing good on one side and doing well on the other, but integrating them together. And so... I'm really excited to have somebody on the journey with us and hope that everyone who's listening will join us as well. All right. Thank you, Alexander, so much for joining and, and contributing to this rich conversation. Thank you so much for having me and for everything that you're doing, Kevin. All right. As I process the conversation with Alexander, here are three things that, that are lingering in my mind. Number one, business is a force for good. If that's not the way you've experienced business yet, hopefully it will be soon. I wonder if you've ever struggled with the notion that business must be either pragmatic or idealistic. If you've struggled with that, I love Alex's invitation to embrace the tension and explore the intersection of pragmatism and idealism. And then finally, I love this notion that conscious capitalism is not some pie-in-the-sky dream. It's becoming more of the norm in business today. 
Purpose is now a must-have, not a nice-to-have option for business. Hey, it's my hope that today's conversation has inspired and encouraged you on your journey as you continue navigating north in business, leadership, and life. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Remember, if you ever think that your work could be less ordinary, there's not much between you and something extraordinary. Just 13 weeks and a bold experiment. Find out more at 13weekstoextraordinary.com.